Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. On today's show, we have the always popular Father Brian Eckrich on the show. He's in the studio. Uh, we're going to talk about getting prepared for Lent. And everybody loves him. He's always fun on the show. Um, so I hope you'll stick around for that interview. First, we have Dr. Chris Bergwald, who seems very mellow right now. But he uh, promised us that when the when the mics are up, the lights are on. We're ready for a biblical fights with Dr. B. One of those things. <laughs> the eight track rolls. Just <laughs> <laughs> trying to meet Tapes you where you're at. Where, you at. <laughs> right. um, where I am. Where you are. Where you is and where you would be. Yes. Uh, what's today, Renee? Oh, okay. Elise, well, what's today? Seven. Seven. You just show flash six. Which is it? No, what are you talking about? Oh, you She's got a thumb. She does That's it the California seven. way. That's weird. What do you mean? What? How do you put up a seven? Seriously? Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh. And, and it's also the last Sunday before Lent. It is. Which isn't an official thing, but it's... Remember, <laughs> Lent is coming. Lent is coming. Be discerning now if you haven't yes. already what you're going to give up. Right. Yes. So, yeah, next Sunday will be the first Sunday of Lent. Yeah. Write that um, down. Do we remember? Right. <laughs> I did. It's on my calendar. I hope you'll remember. One more recording. So, uh, what I want to focus on today is the second reading, which is from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Uh, it's chapter 3, verse 16 through 23. Brothers and sisters, do you not know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person for the temple of God, which you are, is holy. And he goes on from there. So I think for us with 20th, 21st century American ears, we hear that, what, what do you... Just that portion, when you hear that, what, what, what does it convey? What comes to mind? Word association here. Well, the first thing Let's that go. comes to mind for me is like being good to your body. Yeah, probably right. like treating your body like it's like God made it for you. Right. Yep. Which is, <laughs> which is true, which we should do. Um, temple. I want to focus on the word temple mm-hmm. then briefly. So should be. That uh, makes me think of Jewish temple. Right. Yeah. And tell me about the Jewish temple. That's uh, where the Holy of Holies was. Yeah. And only certain people could go in there. Uh, into the Holy of Holies. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So the the temple, uh, if, if we go back in history, after the Exodus from Egypt, where they were enslaved in Egypt, Moses leads them out in the Exodus. They go to Mount Sinai, and God gives the people the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. But He actually He does give them His His law, the Ten Commandments, and a few other um, laws. But most of the Book of Exodus is God giving Moses detailed instructions on how to build the tabernacle. Oh, right. uh, Where God would dwell, this tent-like structure Mm -hmm. that they would uh, take with them and then set up whenever they would encamp. Mm -hmm. Then centuries later, after they go into the promised land, David eventually comes along as their first great king. Saul's the first king. David's great king. And Solomon, his son, is the one who... David has this this, mm. this desire to build the temple, mm-hmm. but it's Solomon who builds the Jerusalem temple. That's destroyed by the Babylonians in the 6th century BC uh, when they deport the um, the Jews into exile in Babylon. They go. They, they, they are able to return from exile um, 100-ish years later, and they rebuild the temple. For, and then... And then and um, Herod the Great, Jesus' time, makes that temple even bigger. But it wasn't as glorious as to- Solomon's temple. Okay. So with that, having taken some time to explain all that, the Jewish, the, the, the temple in Jerusalem, the first temple, 
and then the second temple, which was what could be glorious, big, but not as glorious. These are, it, it, it's, it's, it's where God dwells okay. in all his glory um, for centuries. Um, it is like you think for us as Catholics, you think of St. Peter's, mm-hmm. like it's, oh, it's, sure. it's magnificent. It's beautiful. And Paul is basically saying, um, do you not know that you are essentially St. Peter's? Would right. might be how we put it. Right. So what for 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 Jews who are reading Paul's letter, they're thinking of the Jerusalem temple, and Paul is equating the temple of Jerusalem mm-hmm. to who they are, just our body. Right. We are in fact more glorious and more beautiful than the magnificence of the Jerusalem temple. So when you hear this um, in the way that Paul intended, it's not. It, it inc- and therefore we should treat our bodies well and so on. Right. Um, but in light of the Old Testament, there's so much more to that reference to the temple than we realize. It really is an incredible statement. Uh, I like that connection. Thanks a lot for making that for us. You bet. In the studio with me today is one of our very favorite priests and very favorite guests. Father Brian Eckrich. Good Father morning. Eckrich. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> At least once a year, we have to have you here, and we try to have you here more because you're just so much fun and everybody loves you. Yeah, well, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whenever we have, if you haven't heard uh, or listened or watched when Father Eckrich is here, for some reason, he attracts a crowd. So uh, we like to have him back. Not sure how that happened, but I, <laughs> I like don't it. either. <laughs> <laughs> Not because Father Eckrich stops up to our office about once a week because he's in Sioux Falls. Um, doing a lot of stuff with um, prison ministry and so on. So he stops up to our office quite often just to chat and and bring us all the good news of the area, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so uh, Father Eckrich is the parochial administrator. I'm going to get that right, finally. for um, This is for St. Joseph the Workman in Huntimer and St. Rose of Lima in Gerritsen. Mm-hmm. Also the chaplain at the South Dakota State Penitentiary, which is kind of new for you. Yes. How's that going? It's going pretty well. Is it? It's it's a little bit difficult. Obviously, it's just a very unique environment mm-hmm. and trying to navigate that whole system. But yeah. we're keeping the train on the tracks <laughs> and things are going. That's good. That's good. good. And I know you partner with Mo Irvine. Yes, she's and good to work with. Yeah, yeah. She's been doing this for a while. Yep. So um, she's got to be a real good partner in this, yes, I would think. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think I would think her with the... Um, inmates, I think she would be just fantastic. Yeah, just such an empathetic person. Yeah, and she's been doing this for three or four years mm-hmm. now, so she really gets to know the guys in there. Yeah, so it's good to have a stable person because yep. the priests. I mean, you guys obviously your assignments change, yep. so sometimes the priest changes up, which is yep. great because then they get to yep. connect with different priests, yeah, and it's good for them then to have that stability that yeah. she provides. Yeah, so. absolutely, absolutely yep. good. I'm glad it's going well. All right, so we are going to talk about today. Preparing for Lent. Because if you're watching this before Sunday, Lent starts next week, in case you all didn't remember. <laughs> if, you're, if you're hearing it on Sunday, uh, Lent starts in a few days. So we're going to talk to Father Eckrich about how to prepare for Lent. Um, what are some reasons that we do this? And we, we do talk about this sometimes every year, although I don't think I've done this show yet. Um, but I think it's a good reminder to just be like, okay, why do we do this? Mm-hmm. What do all the things mean? Um, so we're going to start, Father Eckrich, with, uh, so Lent is basically a reflection of the 40 days that Jesus spent in the desert. Um, can you talk about this? How should our Lent reflect that? 
Why is the number significant? What can you tell us about this? Obviously, the significance of 40 goes back to the Israelites. Well, Moses would spend 40 days up on the mountain. Oh, sure. Uh, the Israelites spent 40 years in the desert. Mm -hmm. So 40, I guess, in all those times, whether Moses is up on the mountain or they're in the desert, it's just for whatever, I guess, it's symbolic of this time of preparation. Mm -hmm. That, And I suppose the significance of the desert is this time of retreat. Okay. That you think even Jesus himself, as he's going about, he's obviously very popular in mm -hmm. his ministry, that one of the places that he likes to go, he frequently would go out into the desert simply by himself. Mm -hmm. And I just, I consider that as he does that, the significance of ourselves entering into these 40 days is that we take a step back. We retreat from the world right. as there's so many things, obligations, our job, you know, the material things of this world that constantly bombard us. I think it's, we Lent is meant to be that time where we, in a spiritual way, enter into that desert mm -hmm. to remove ourselves, in a yeah. sense, from the things and to have this moment of reflection and just kind of reordering our life in a, in a penitential way. Yep. Um, back to our Lord so that our hearts can be, hearts and minds can be properly disposed mm -hmm. uh, to encounter God and Holy Week um, on ultimately Easter. Right. Yeah, there's so much noise out in the world. I think mm -hmm. we need we need some time, some quiet, some silence to be able to, you can't really hear God's voice in yeah. all the noise of the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe another thing that comes to mind is the prophet Elijah on the mountain where he yeah. says, like, you know, God's not in the thunder or the lightning, it's been the, the quiet whisper. And right. Sometimes the only place to hear that is you out in the desert. Yeah, yeah. You have to go find some space or create space to be able to hear it. Yeah. So, yeah. It's hard to hear it when um, you're driving in the car with the radio blaring all the time <laughs> or you have your face in social media all the time or Absolutely. whatever it is. So, okay. Um, so, during Lent, we're asked to do three things. We have uh, to pray, to fast, and to give alms. So I want to talk about each of these things and how they help us grow in our relationship to Christ. So can we just take each one individually and sure. tell us uh, whichever one you want to start with? Well, and I guess I was going to maybe even start at a more basic level. Yeah. Um, so these three, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, are the three classical forms of penance. Mm -hmm. And obviously, we associate penance with maybe the sacrament of confession, but yeah. ultimately, so anytime we commit sin, there's two aspects. There's the aspect of, of guilt, um, and that's forgiven in confession. But then what sin does is there's this temporal effect that sin has an effect on us that it forms bad habits, things oh, that, are, sure. that are actually disordered within us. And so part of penance, like when a priest gives you penance for confession, it's this action, a concrete action to try to actually do something medicinal to reorder your life. Okay. And so that's what the church has always presented, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. So now we can get back to what maybe yeah. going through these things. You know, I think the significance of prayer obviously is placing our attention, our heart and mind in the presence of God. Right. Uh, calling on Him ultimately— to help us, because as, he's, as Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. And so if we're actually going to be, if our hearts and minds are going to be reordered back towards him, it ultimately has to be him that's going to do it. And we have to place ourselves before him and has, actually have that conversation, Yeah, spend that time with him to say, Jesus, I need you. I'm going to place myself before you 
I need you to work in my life and my heart. Right. Um, so that's prayer. Um, I guess in a nutshell, and there's always much more you could say. Yeah, because there, there are multiple ways you can pray. And I think yeah. um, if you want to know, if you want to kind of get in any detail about that, uh, Dr. Bergwald's show, Ignition, he has done several episodes on different forms of prayer, which are really helpful. So that might be a good thing to look at. Um, but I know I tend to, uh, and I think a lot of us tend to focus on like peti- petitionary prayer, asking God for things yeah. we need and for other people. But there, there are other forms of prayer that are really important, so it might be mm-hmm. a good thing to explore. Yeah, and actually, I guess as I even as I was talking about prayer, yeah. I guess I kind of framed it in terms of prayer as a petition. But ultimately, in an, in any relationship, any friendship, you don't always just want to ask the other right. person, "Hey, right. I need stuff from you." But how about part of prayer, contemplative prayer, is just sitting before our Lord, and how about just enjoying His company as you right. would the company of a good friend? Right. Um, yeah. I think maybe also just kind of even just the sacrifice of our time. You know, the greatest form of, or not the greatest form of love, but uh, what what can you give someone else? The most valuable thing you have is your it's time. time. Yes. Yeah. And we, we don't, probably most of us don't give enough of it to God. Yeah. I don't I think, I think I, we can, I can, I myself can admit it can be very selfish with, with my time. Sure. Sure. It's easy to do. I mean, we, a lot of us are like, well, I went to church on Sunday. Well, yeah. is an hour a week really enough? I, I know it's certainly not, at least for me, and I don't give enough yeah. or still I was working on it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. okay. So fasting. Yep. So fasting, as we talk about Fasting is is a discipline of the discipline of the flesh. Mm-hmm. You know that obviously one of the things that's common with our sin is you know we like we grow attached to things, mm-hmm. um, especially obvi- comfortable things. Comfortable <laughs> things, yeah. It's the, it's the comforts of life. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, when you first thing that comes to mind with fasting is uh, food. Mm-hmm. You know, but then we, as you mentioned at the start, I think we get attached to social media. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically anything that you know of anything of the world that that we gain an attachment to. It might even be just sleeping too much. Oh wow! Um, sleeping <laughs> in, you know, a lot of food. You know, that's. I never thought about that. <laughs> so I guess part of fasting it might be like, okay, well, you discipline the flesh, you reorder the flesh mm-hmm. by giving up food or maybe giving up social media. I guess fasting is is the sacrifice of something, right? But if, I think fasting might also be in this. You know, if you like to sleep in, maybe say on, I'm going on Fridays or certain days of the week, I'm going to get up, I'm going to set my alarm for 6 a.m. or whenever mm-hmm. it is. It's like, I don't want to do that, but that's that that right. can be a sacrifice right. form of fasting right. that I that I enter into. Right. Should those sacrifices be something that draws closer to God? Yeah. Or is it okay if it's just something we really like and it's hard for us to give up? I think that we have to be intentional in what we give up, that what we, what we, our form of fasting should correspond to something that needs to be healed in us. Okay. I mean, this is kind of where I ask, sometimes people will say like, oh, for Lent, you know, I do the same thing every year. I give up chocolate right. or whatever. It's sometimes, I, and I ask myself, or maybe I actually ask them, why, why specifically do you do that? Is that, is this just something arbitrary that you do? Right. Or, do, or yeah. does this have a purpose? Are mm-hmm. you... Maybe maybe the question to ask yourself in in giving up something for fasting, what corresponding virtue oh. does that help grow in you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's an important question to ask, and 
to have that answer. Right. And maybe too, if it's something that you keep going back to confession for, mm-hmm. like if it, if you're constantly confessing, uh, swearing, for instance, yeah, maybe that would be a good thing to do during Lent as a time to um, try to yes. fix that part of your <laughs> part, I guess. Yeah. I can't think of what I wanted to say there. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so I have this question for later, but I want to ask this now. Um, is fasting the same as not eating meat on Friday, or is, are these different things? Because I know you, we do a, we do um, actual fasting on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. Yeah. But giving up meat on Friday is a different thing. Is that right? Yeah, that's referred to as I guess abstinence. Abstinence. Okay. So, yep, fasting is certainly the more broad category, mm-hmm. and on uh, Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, we're asked to actually abstain from food. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could perhaps talk about what that entails. Yeah. I have yeah. some thoughts on opinions <laughs> on that. I will frame <laughs> my own opinions. But, um, but yeah, then I guess the more specific category is abstinence simply from meat. Mm-hmm. Um, and the church asks us Fridays during Lent, but really the tradition of the church is that every Friday throughout right. the year, Fridays have a character of, of fasting. Mm-hmm. So of abstinence, so not eating meat on Fridays throughout the year is a good and noble right. uh, thing to do. And it wouldn't have to be that particular thing for the rest of the year if you didn't want it to be. It could be maybe you fast from TV on Fridays yeah. or, or just, I would say something, something like that. Something. Obviously, yeah. the church tells us meat specifically during right. Lent, but right. but ultimately, like I said, it can be anything. What is it that you need to work on? Right. You know, so. What puts you in the best disposition? Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, so fasting on Wednesday and or Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, that is, I, I struggle with that one. I have some uh, health issues that, that keep, keep me from being able to do that. So, but I feel like I should, there should be another way that I can maybe do that. Do you have some suggestions for someone who can't really not eat food or very much food in that day? Is there another way we could fast on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday? Well, I guess just kind of threw that at you out of the yeah. <laughs> that's okay. You, I'm, I'm used to that. <laughs> um, I just, as I said, you know, with, with fasting, there's obviously many forms of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, okay, well, if for some health reason you can't do that and the church, the church understands right. that we don't, she doesn't force anything upon us if it would be harmful to right. you. But I guess discern what is it, you know, maybe, like I said, maybe it is then, fasting from technology. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose then maybe it's even just doing something positive to say, sure. okay, on these days I'm going to, I'm going to spend an hour in adoration right. before the blessed sacrament. That'd be a good idea. I'm going yeah. to uh, sacrifice my time and I'm going to, to read part of script. I'm going to spend a half hour reading scripture, mm-hmm. you know, and meditating on that. So, yeah, I guess if you if for some reason you can't you can't embrace what the church I guess formally asks, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you should find you should you else. should find something else to yeah. do. But yeah. I can't tell you what specific that's right. what specifically right. because that's specific to you, right? And right, what you discern. Yeah, yeah. All right. If you just joined us, we're talking to Father Brian Eckrich, uh, getting prepared for Lent. Okay, so. Um, <clears throat> We have a few days. If you're listening to this on Sunday or a little bit before Sunday, we have a few days before Lent begins. So are there some things we should be doing right now to get ready for Ash Wednesday? Like, what should we be thinking about? What should we be doing to prepare? Anything in particular? 
Well, as I said, in order, I, I feel like, I, sorry, I feel kind of the common no, theme that's here okay. is that, you know, do your examination of conscience. Oh, yeah. You know, what is it? What is your sin? Um, what is it? You know, if you're going to, if you're going to, if God, if the church gives us Lent as this time of healing, of reordering, you have to know how is it that you're disordered. Mm -hmm. So I guess consider what is it, how is it that you might enter into prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Obviously, on one side, we always say, like, giving something up. Mm -hmm. um, but then also, maybe this is one of the questions, you know, is it beneficial to add something? Yeah. That there's yeah. this positive aspect of what can you do? Okay, mm -hmm. so and I would say that like, maybe it's a good thing, give up something, but then add something. Right. Maybe say, okay, I'm going to, you know, try to read through the, the all four Gospels. Right, I'm right. going to try to pray the rosary every, every day. day. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to take 20 minutes for prayer. Mm -hmm. I normally don't do that, mm -hmm. you know? So, and then I think also maybe as I talk about meditating on the Gospels, reading the Gospels, obviously the spiritual focus of Lent is preparing our hearts and minds for Holy Week. Mm -hmm. So it's things to meditate on are the passion of our Lord. Right. And so you can read those passages in, God, in the Gospels. That's a good idea, yeah. That's really where our heart and mind should be. I know, I guess maybe if you're of a proper age to watch it, you know, I think it's even like watching Mel Gibson's The Passion. Mm -hmm. It's something that's something I try to do every Lent. Yep, I do too. And to be honest with you, that in itself is kind of penitential because mm -hmm. I don't enjoy watching it, but it's <laughs> Right. It's, it's rather wrenching. Yeah. 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 So, but that's something that's like even that like really focuses mm -hmm. my heart, moves my heart. Yeah. To the realities of what we will be celebrating and encountering yeah. in Holy Week. Yeah, absolutely. I just realized we forgot to do almsgiving, didn't we? Mm -hmm. I think yeah, that— Father's probably like, uh, are we going to go back and okay. do almsgiving? Somet sometimes. <laughs> we will. <laughs> so, okay. So since we missed it, um, giving alms. Okay. Uh, I think most people are thinking of one thing here. And maybe it is only one thing, but I think there are more than yeah. more, there's more than one way to give alms. So— Alms, of course, is a subset of the virtue of mercy. Mm -hmm. Mercy is the heartfelt sympathy for another's need. And so uh, almsgiving is, as you said, the, com the common thing is giving of our material well, mm -hmm. of the things we have mm -hmm. for the benefit of another. Right. So, and ultimately all this falls into the category of the broad category of the theological virtue of charity. Right. Um, but I guess as we reflect on people give alms, you know, giving your money, putting your offering in the collection basket. But I guess, as I said earlier, that sometimes the most valuable thing we have is time. Right. Um, I guess before this in preparation, I was reflecting on maybe almsgiving is giving someone your time, mm -hmm. you know. And I guess I maybe in a particular way reflect on that too, especially like, when I go do my work in the prison, mm -hmm. that I can't give them money. But really the one thing that they appreciate is time, time and just yeah. someone acknowledging their existence. Right. And, just, and maybe not, not someone in prison. Maybe it's just there's there's people in the parish, people that are simply lonely. Right. Or a grandparent or, or, grandparents or something. Yeah. Or even making that phone call to a friend mm -hmm. that you haven't talked to that needs maybe. So I guess that's maybe that's one thing. I was reflecting. Almsgiving can just be given of anything. Right. Right. For the sake of another. Right. Yeah, I like those suggestions. Um, okay, we have eh, 
three minutes or so, I want to do two things. I forgot hey. I forgot also to talk about Michelle Dupont. So we'll do that okay. quick before we're done. Um, but do you have a, like, um, do you have an opinion on, I've always heard, well, you, you can do the thing you've given up on Sundays because Sunday's a feast day. Yes. Do, you, do you have a thought about okay. that? Like, what's the Father Eckrich opinion here? I'll get up. Here's my, get, my, here's your soapbox. I'll get my soapbox out. <laughs> um, yep. And so this is just my opinion, but um, maybe this is more broad. I think we are a bunch of wimps <laughs> as Catholics when it comes to fasting. <laughs> um, what a lot of times the church asks us is this bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, classically, I don't think Sundays would have been an exception that you would have maintained whatever fasting mm-hmm. you would have done or sacrifice yeah. or sacrifice uh-huh. on whatever discipline on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps in general, and maybe I wanted to get this little thing in there. One of the aspects of fasting is that, or just penance is that there is, there needs to be an element of suffering. Right. If you just like make it easy, no pain, no gain. They mm-hmm. say it's like, so I always equate it like, you know, if you only get on the, you need to get get in shape, and you get on the treadmill for t- five minutes, and you're like, "Well, I'm, I'm done. I did that, and I'm done." It's like, <laughs> "Well, I'm like, I'm not in shape yet." It's like, "Well, it's because yeah. you didn't embrace the, the a certain rigor, right. rigorous activity, you know." And so, that's just one thing I know the church obviously asks, kind of sets the sets the bar at a yeah. certain place. But if you if you discern, like, I think I want to do more, mm-hmm. um, you should, yeah. yeah. Um, we should stop lowering the bar yeah, on, our, I on think, ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of other other uh, Christians like the, the Orthodox. Mm-hmm. They have maintained that and they actually kind of, I don't know. <laughs> so they, they might look at us and be like, you guys, actually, I've been told by some. <laughs> you guys are a bunch of wins. Yeah, huh? they're just like, you guys really don't know how to do fasting. Yeah. You don't know how to do penance, do you? I'm like, no. So we, <laughs> <laughs> so we should try to do it better this yeah, year. <laughs> we got to represent. Yes. Okay. All right. So before we go. Um, the Michelle Dupong documentary is coming out soon, Sometime. right? Sometime. They say this year. Oh, there is not a date yet. Nope, they okay, don't I have thought a there date, was a date. But what they did release a couple of weeks ago is the the trailer yes. for that. So that's about two and a half minutes. Yep. And our own Father Eckrich is in it. Yep, briefly, <laughs> um, as is Father Scott Trainer. That's so, right. That's right. Um, so that's out there. You can find that on YouTube. Um, just okay. search for her name, and it's on the Focus published it on their on their YouTube. Page, oh yes, so, that's right, that's right. Um, it'll give you a little glimpse, but yeah, yeah, I wish I had an answer to say this is specifically. When I it's know, out, but yeah. I'm yeah. obviously very much excited for that. Yes, yes. If you don't know who Michelle Dupong is yet, she is a uh, lay woman from Bismarck, yes. right? Bismarck, North Dakota, who has just uh, her case has been opened for uh, sainthood, and Father Eckrich was uh, very much. Um, inspired through her ministry mm-hmm. to become a priest. Absolutely. So that's that's a huge thing. Um, she inspired many and and went through a lot of suffering of her own uh, with cancer and so on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think we could, you know, we could probably do a little more suffering. I agree. Yep. We can't be saints without suffering. So no, you can't. You probably, we probably better get to that part, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> All right. Um, Father, thank you very much you for coming very in again. And helping us get ready for Lent. I appreciate it. Hope all's going well with you. Yeah. And you'll, I'm sure you'll come back again. I'd probably. All right. <laughs> good. Thanks. All right. If you uh, haven't found us already at social media, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and at Rumble at SF Diocese. And you can also always find us at the website at sfcatholic.org. 
That's it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views.